Hello. Before we get going, a questionable content warning. This episode opens with us discussing the idea of diving into a swimming pool filled with hookers and blow. We've had some listener feedback pointing out that this joke is kind of predicated on the objectification of women, and there are some nasty undertones going on there. Now, we could perhaps talk about whether the segment would still work if it was volunteers and different, more legal substances, or if that's not the right decadence and excess metaphor, but that's not really the point. So, for the record, nobody here, and that's Lewis, and myself, and live from the Brodello in all of its corporate personhood glory, nobody here condones the objectification of anyone, whether that's women, or sex workers, or indeed anyone else. Now, if you'd rather not hear this segment, there are two things you can do. You can skip ahead to 8 minutes and 53, by which time we're done and get back to our usual boats and video games talk, or you can just skip the episode entirely. So, if you'd like to skip ahead, that timecode is 8 minutes and 53 seconds, which you should skip to now. And if you're still here, on with the episode, and thanks for listening. Episode 16 of Life from the Brodello, and I still haven't finished editing episode 15, although you, dear listener, have now listened to it. So you're in the position of knowing what I don't yet, which is what it sounds like. Hopefully good. Like good. I wouldn't bank on it. (laughs) So the weekend happened. I did some maths. Really? What sort of maths? Well, I did some maths at your barbecue. You were definitely there. Oh, yes, I was there for that. What was the context for this? I've only just remembered, but you can explain. It was the sale of the world's largest video game collection. Which which went for $750,000? Something like that. I don't... Which, Which... I thought it seemed like a pretty good deal for the World Series video game collection. I don't know. How many... I mean, like, were they were they all bought for retail price on launch or something? Because that sounds like a... <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Like, there's there's I mean, tremendous depreciation of video games. Oh, yeah, yeah. But so how many games... Do we know how many games there were in there? No, you are the one that knows about this. I, uh, I know nothing game. about it. Well, it was a lot of games. Okay. A lot of, like, rare old games. Okay. Not um, good games. What about just, old rare games? Yes. See what I, did. Um, I think it had like every Nintendo game ever published, so lots of terrible games. Yeah. And those rare gold Game Boy games or something mm-hmm. with a special kind of sticker which people have opinions about. They're a about. ton of money for some reason. Yeah. To some people. Um, so so I, I decided that there were, there, surely there could be better things to spend $750,000 on. And so his thought, of course, was to, to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool with, with hookers and cocaine. Yeah, because that's, that's, I mean, like, if anybody says to me, here's some money, spend it, I'm going to try and dive into a swimming pool full of hookers and cocaine. It turns out that it, like, cocaine is really expensive. Yeah, prohibitively expensive. To really, re- like, and, it, and even if you get bulk discounts. Yeah. So the the price of cocaine varies. I'm going to sound like a, an expert now. The price of cocaine varies depending on where you are. If you're in New York City, once it's gone through the cocaine supply chain to the most expensive place to buy cocaine, then it's thirty thousand dollars per kilogram, which That's a lot. in American is I've no idea. Like fifteen thousand dollars a pound. If you buy it from your friendly neighborhood Columbia, straight off the Columbia farm, it's eighteen hundred dollars per kilogram. Which I feel like I should get into the cocaine business the because that's business? that seems like a good profit margin. Yeah, that's some good markup. So if you find there is like you know in six is months to a year, sorry. Is it all sales taxes? It's it's one of those things where you pretend the operating overhead is way higher than it actually is. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you if you find in six to, six months to a year that there is an, a, a mystery Boston cocaine kingpin, <laughs> then it might be. So yeah, even if you even if you go to your friendly neighborhood Colombia and get cocaine at bulk prices, 
It still costs five and a half billion dollars to fill an Olympic size swimming pool with cocaine, which is a terrifying amount of money. It's really a lot of money. And and then if you get the most expensive hookers you can get, which are New York City hookers, like high end New York City hookers, is that really the most expensive you can get? I believe so. My connections to the criminal underground suggest yes. So yes, they're, they're a very expensive hooker is two grand for an hour. Yeah, well, it's it's like a. It's complicated, but let's just say yes. And and even if you can pack a swimming pool at seventy percent capacity, like, sorry, at seventy percent packing efficiency, full of hookers, it then costs forty four million, and then saves you four billion dollars in cocaine. But it still costs. Did like, you include loss from from hookers consuming cocaine? No, but I mean, is it true? Is that a trivial amount? At that point, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it's it's just the, so the I surprise that, like... what you found, though, is that you could have way more fun with those $750,000 of video games than with your measly kiddie pool barely full of cocaine at all. Well, I mean, I could also have a lot of fun with, what, um, 7, 3, 30, like, 30, 380 hookers for an hour. You're just coordinating that for an hour? You you wouldn't... You need, like, several hours to get everyone organized. Sure, but I mean, I, like, I've run raids, and you never can get... <laughs> More than, like, 20 people in a group to be in the same place at the same time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, surely Eve has something to... Maybe I should, like, find an Eve Corp leader and get him to run my... Um, yeah, they're going to take a cut. Hooker, they're going to take a cut. Sure. And he'll probably be raided by, by the goon swarm. But, I mean, like, I can give him... I can give him his time in ISK... And it'll be like <laughs> it'll it'll be the cost of one hooker. I, I don't and, and I think, don't think I'm going to notice the difference between 380 hookers and 379 hookers. I to be honest, don't think that I ask, you're allowed to trade hookers for ISK. Only uh, game time and graphics services and IT support. That doesn't mean that I can't. It just but, means but I'm you not risk allowed. you risk a ban. Yeah, but I'm nothing not, worse than getting banned. But but so that's the thing, right? I am not part of the Eve economy, so I'm getting banned from absolutely nothing. If this guy wants to risk a ban, then that's up to him, and presumably has like seventy two alts anyway. So. Mm. It, it doesn't matter. Speaking of speaking of economies, did you see that someone got fifty one percent of the Bitcoin mining pool? Yes, and then they didn't. This happens like every four months. Does it's, it? Yeah, and it's the same pool that gets fifty one percent of hashing capacity. But at the same time, like it's it's kind of meaningless because fifty one percent means that you have a more than fifty percent chance of being able to. But like you know, if you have ten percent, then you can like do it ten times and good mm-hmm. luck. So it's it's a it's a very theoretical thing and it it got fixed. Basically, that happens every now and then, and then Reddit just explodes and is all like, "Oh my god, you have to move away from this pool!" And then and then people do, and then it's fine for another three months, mm-hmm. and then the same thing happens. Could they have forged a bunch of transactions or something? Though? So the attack is if you have enough capacity, then you can double spend transactions. Mm-hmm. You can double spend bitcoins, and because you have the single majority vote, you can say, "I am the authoritative blockchain," um, and everybody else follows you because. That's the that seems it's like a pretty bad space. thing to be able to do, though. Uh, yeah, it is. But I mean, like, it's it's only the it's the pool that has that. So you'd have to be one of the pool organizers right. and then manage to tell your your pool bitches to do what you want. I don't know. There are bigger things to care about, like hookers. You were talking about pool bitches. Yes. So yeah, exactly. The the segue back to our original conversation right there. Unfortunately, it's far more of a mammoth. 
only female hookers or are you going for a more general gender equal um so I thought it was interesting that like I'm taking the cheapest cocaine I can get and the most expensive hookers I can get yeah you should really take like a higher grade of cocaine probably well no no so, so, grade cocaine. so so that's the thing I think if you're buying it fresh from Colombia then mm. it's going to be cut with less and it's going to be cheaper I think really? when you get to like thirty thousand dollars, does Colombia have the best terroir? Though I don't really know what the you really taste the the land in. Uh, I am only a theoretical cocaine enthusiast, especially you don't have a special cocaine a... fridge in your basement. No, no, no. Um, Subscribe to Cocaine Magazine. <laughs> I get a three thousand dollar gold plated cable to connect your cocaine. To yes, reality. I get a little bit of cocaine every month, and it builds me a cocaine plant. I will be having coca tea at some point when I go to Peru. Apparently, it helps with uh, altitude sickness. Mm. I, I think you can take altitude sickness drugs for that too. Yeah, but you can also drink delicious coca tea. Mm. I like cocoa. Well, I don't think coca tea is particularly active drug wisely. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of tea that tastes of the thing. Because being high helps with just about everything. Mm-hmm. It's including being high. So I think I actually have some interesting. Uh, I, I have. This is going to be one of those podcasts where I do all the talking again. Sorry, okay, audience. A sandwich today. I've got a good and cherries. Mm, you do have a lot of cherries. I don't have that many cherries, but I do have a good number of cherries. It's it's large. Oh, fine. It's like um, tens of cherries. It is tens of cherries, which is a lot of cherries. Dear listener, please tell us the correct amount of cherries to have for lunch. Thank you. So I think you should do your usual announcement. Boat corner. So I was walking out in Pleasure Bay with a friend. Where is Um, Pleasure Bay? Pleasure Bay is that weird bit of Boston out by Castle Island where, if you look on the T-map, it's this kind of weird lake thing, except that it's not a lake. It's a bay. It's a bay, but then they've connected it. Pleasure Lake, if it was. Yeah, they've, they've, like, connected it and encircled it by this Mm. little walled thing that you can walk along, and then there's, like, a weir or something. But we were walking along Pleasure Bay and were just looking out to sea, and we saw a boat. And the boat seemed to be... So it was really high winds. Did the boat see you? I see the boat, and the boat sees me. So it was really high winds, and this boat seemed to be heeled and rocking slightly, but not moving at all. Hmm. And we were like, what has happened to this boat? And their sails up, and they were flapping away, and they didn't leave them in safety position. They they weren't laughing. The sails were just up and full mm-hmm. in terrifying winds. And as we got closer, we realized that it had run aground on the sandbank. Oh. And there were a whole bunch of people just sitting on this boat going, Ugh. But but then the, be- the best bit was that we were just watching this, watching this unfold and watching someone in a little speedboat come over and... Attempt to like push the boom, and obviously this sailboat is enormous and seems to be doing. Much. <laughs> I, I think their strategy was just wait a few hours till high tide and then mm-hmm. sail away. Mm-hmm. But then there was another sailboat, which I think might have come from Courageous, which went. Ooh, I wonder what's happening. Selling. Yeah, yeah. And and they went. Ooh, what's what's happening over there? And drove straight towards the other boat, and then suddenly stopped moving and oh, did no. exactly the same thing. And I was like, surely. <laughs> Did it not cross your mind that the same thing might happen to you? And they just ran aground a little bit further up the sandbank. They were just like, yeah, they were straight lines tearing across the, from the water. I think it's, you know, a couple of feet down underneath mm. the surface of the water, but it's enough for your keel to get stuck. So this is why you were looking for, for charts? Yes. It's a good idea to mark the sandbanks. Well, so, I think, like, we were looking out, and I think there is a main channel out of the harbour, mm-hmm. which is marked by floating buoys, mm. and people were just, like, going straight outside of that, and it goes from presumably cut channel to much shallower water. 
very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these guys just sailed straight out of the channel to investigate and then suddenly stopped. And then presumably they were like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> I laughed a little bit and tried to find news on the internet of... Uh, Boats run aground. Boats run aground. And it's surprisingly difficult. I was trying to find like a Boston Mariners forum where people would just like laugh at me. Laugh at me all. But mm. Did not seem to happen. Did you call a harbour master? No, I just left them. You didn't get them any help? No. You called the Coast Guard? I could do. I did see, like... Oh, the boat, the, please. The first, the first boat, it looked like there was Coast Guard going out and visiting them, but we were really far away by then, so we mm-hmm. just saw boats going by. <laughs> yeah, so boat crashes. That's hilarious. Only sometimes. Yeah, I mean, not when you're on it, but when other people are on it, and they make terrible decisions and are punished for them, then... I think sort of a mild punishment, though. Like... Drowning is always a bit steep, in my view. Oh, sure, yeah. Inconvenience is a good one. Yeah. Even property damage can be a bit high. Yeah, yeah. I can totally see myself being like, oh, let's go over there. There's water over there. Yeah. I mean, the, the navigational Surprise, charts... Surprise, land. Yeah, the la- navigational charts are reasonably easy to read. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of numbers on a map of the sea. And, yeah, yeah. And then a white area where the numbers are sufficiently deep that you basically don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pay attention to them, if you, yeah. Most people probably aren't carrying their navigational chart with them and watching it constantly. Yeah, that's probably a problem. Yeah. So that was an interesting story. What do you have to share? Hmm. Let's see, this weekend we had one of our old roommates come visit. That was fun. Played a lot of Persona 4 Arena. Oh, no. <laughs> I know nothing about Persona, but I know a lot of people like the various <clears throat> Persona games. So this is a Persona spin-off game that is a fighting game. Well, obviously. With Persona characters. But it's not really an arena game. It's a one-on-one 2D fighter. Mm-hmm. You know Blazblue? I have heard of Blazblue, but that's basically It's it the same. I think it's the same creators. Oh. And it's pretty, and I have no idea what's going on, and I lost every single game. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Carl is quite good at fighting games, or at least comparatively to me, he is quite good at fighting games. Mm-hmm. I have all sorts of trouble like, remembering combos and inputting things into the controller in the correct timing and right. position. I really like Soul Calibur. Oh, good times. <laughs> for some reason, Soul Calibur feels intuitive to me. Like, the buttons that I press seem to link up automatically in my mind to the outcome on the screen. Whereas most fighting games, I have to explicitly remember, like, up forward is, like, fire cut. And Soul Calibur, I just know that, like, if I do this sort of thing, then I then do this sort, sort of thing. thing yeah. yeah. So Soul Calibur has a reasonably intuitive scheme, like they have one for horizontals, one mm-hmm. for verticals, one for block, and, and one for... And both combined to do, like, a horizontal yeah. vertical. Yeah. But, I mean, even with Soul Calibur, there's a weird difficulty curve, where if you're a total mm-hmm. idiot and you're mashing all of the buttons... You're then... better than someone who kind of knows what they're doing. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I came out of that, the bottom of that U, and started getting to being vaguely capable, mm-hmm. and was still frustratingly beaten by people <laughs> who were just, like, bashing their head against the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Having said that, my crowning achievement was getting into an argument about who was better at Soul Calibur 2 with someone I knew, and setting up a... It's not a tag team thing, but yep. you can say I have this number a of A series of characters. A series of characters, right. And I played with, I think, two characters, and they filled up the roster with eight, and I still won. Because I picked Raphael and lamed the fuck out of them. Raphael is so fucking lame. Raphael is, I think, playing as a person who's not very good, Raphael is basically unbeatable. Yeah. I think if you're good, not a problem, but... Even if you're vaguely good, it 
can be a bit challenging. Yeah, he, because he just has ridiculous range, and his his basic attacks are quite damaging and hard to block. They're also, like, it's the recovery speed. It's easy to just stand there blocking, but then yeah. you can't get back you, in. You can't get a hit you, in because he's, he's got quite long range, so you, and you get pushed back. Yeah. That wah, wah, wah. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. is... Yeah. I've had many the... nights of rage playing against one of my friends who was A, better than me, and B, also playing off AL. Oh, no. Yeah. That and the foot poke are basically all you need. Yeah, I mean, the, the foot poke is, is... You can learn to block those eventually, if you're not totally incompetent. But it takes an extraordinary amount of time, even yeah. if you know that's what someone's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's challenging. Yeah, I think the two characters that I got all of the way through the arcade mode with were... Raphael doing that and the foot poke and <laughs> Killick. I believe I won arcade just by doing cartwheels with Killick. I just cartwheels back. <laughs> car- and- cartwheel with the, the rising uh, smash? No, just the standard cartwheel. It's mm. like, I don't know, on the GameCube, I think it's like just right on the season. Mm-hmm. I really like the uh, the Kalik uh, unblockable impale. You don't remember that one. It's, it's a good one. He just he just stabs you really hard in the stomach with the stick oh. and it goes through blocks and uh, good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, the other good one, one. The, the other one that's really easy to troll people I was actually going to say Yoshimitsu's Pogo. Oh, well, that's just silly though. <laughs> it is silly, but it's so fucking hard to actually knock him out of the air. Like, you can punish him if you can actually hit him, but mm-hmm. that's basically impossible. Like, Mitsuru, you will knock him down, no problem. Maybe. So, like, I really like Cervantes. Cervantes, uh, for, for, for trolling people, Cervantes has a an unblockable charge, where he charges, goes through your block, and then throws you. And you can oh, repeat God. this. You can Against people who are not very competent, you can repeat this infinitely. Yeah. And just roll them out, just charge them right out of the ring in yeah. about 10 seconds. Yeah. He also has guns, which always seem cheating. Guns do seem cheating. But, I mean, you can still block his bullets, so that's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Soul Calibur. You make sense. Three, I think, reduced a lot of the cheesiness, but also changed things in ways that made it less fun for me, because... So, I never played three. I played two, and I played four. Mm. Like, I have four. It's okay, it doesn't feel like two. I don't know if it happened in three, but Ivy just stopped being the bag of awesome that she was. Ivy changes every... They change her moves like completely between every one. And also, they make her boobs increasingly large. Well, obviously. But it's totally like disturbingly large. Yeah, absolutely. They are disturbingly large. Like, all the Soul Calibur characters kind of look like people, and now they look like weird tottery boob statues. Yeah, I mean, she does basically have two more heads on her chest. Like, each boob is the size of someone's head. Which, while physically possible, is certainly not good for fighting in, and certainly, certainly not good for fighting in in that fucking outfit. Mm -hmm. But, like, in in two, it was easy to move Ivy between the stances. Yeah, um, in three they changed it completely. Too. Okay, so yeah, in four it's really difficult to to actually do the whip stuff. I suspect that Ivy was ridiculously good for people who knew how to use her. So Ivy and Cervantes were the pro level characters okay. in two. I can, I can imagine that. Because Ivy could strike anywhere from right. several directions at long distances. I managed to learn. I, I managed to learn Ivy's someone suffering special attack lift the guy <laughs> in the air and stab him full of knives <laughs> in like one afternoon that took me four hours of practicing the simple <laughs> combo and yeah then they changed the uh, the input scheme it yeah yeah I did change entirely the use- useless but it was totally worth it. I, I always liked that because my friends were incompetent and I could whip them from anywhere. And in the game! There we go. 
There we go. Indeed. Yeah, so that's alienated Grace. Yep. Sorry, Grace. I'm not sorry. It's our podcast. No, because she's our biggest fan and only listener. I may... This this whole episode is going to alienate her. First, there's all this this talk of hookers and blow. Well, you know, if she doesn't like it, then she can have her own podcast. What if she does have her own podcast? Well, then she can listen to herself talking. We'd be sad. If she no, can. She if we can, lost our only fans. She can sit in a room talking to us on one of our podcasts with your mother. No, not with my mother. Outside of with outside mother. of with my mother. Yeah. Which one did she? Uh, she listened to the marriage episode. Oh, that's unsurprising. <laughs> did she listen to the one to her episode that she she was in? Uh huh. She said she could hear herself fine. Yeah, no, that was because the editing. I made the editing okay, <laughs> but I literally cut that episode in half. Yeah, it was yeah. half an hour of talking, and I turned it into fifteen minutes. Yeah, so. And it turned out okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if Grace is our biggest fan. No, no, she's definitely our most vocal fan. This is true. Our only vocal fan. Most of our fans are, are mute, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, Jesse listens to them and, and looks forward to them. And I have someone that I mentioned it to in London, and I continually see him on the stats. Like he will download every fucking episode as it comes out but we don't really talk about it very much so Ed I'm talking about you hi Ed he's a rightist a rightist too he's a rightist for video games although I think he wishes he wasn't mm. um, because you know he has like morals and standards and what, what does he write attack attack yeah attack, unfortunately unfortunately like he, he was saying every game that he writes he writes like the VO for kill the dude over there and retreating despite <laughs> the fact that he could just like copy and paste from the last game set of VO we wouldn't get paid the same they wouldn't know charged by the app no no he's a salaried employee he oh, could no. just sit and smoke cigars at his desk the rest of the time well, that sounds really unappealing but or, or think of how to justify this terrible <laughs> design thing that has you been added why doesn't he write something clever and funny instead of just retreat, retreat, retreat. Because I feel like a lot of games would benefit from some clever and funny writing. Mm. Or even clever and moving or clever and touching. I don't know how clever you can say... How, how do you have a clever, engaging, touching and moving Bart for retreat? That, that's in relevant situation. in... Yeah. No, no, you just need like a thousand of them. With oh, a lot okay. of in-game context according yeah. to the, the voiceover system. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a thing that video sure. games have time to do. They should. Oh, they absolutely should, and I'm sure he would agree with you, but but also video games are terrible, awful things. I mean, you know, like, he could... I'm sure he could come up with an excuse for why there aren't any women in his games either, but... I always assume that it's just a world that women have all died out, and it's mm-hmm. now, now nothing but it's just burly men who reproduce by budding. Butting? Budding. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to ask. No, no, like, like, like yeast. Oh, Budding. Yeah, you cut a space marine in half and you get two space marines. Right. This is this is one of those rare times where I can't understand America. <laughs> yeah, video games are Sometimes there's a female robot. Uh, sometimes sometimes there's a female and then she gets put in a fridge or her boobs <laughs> get cut off or something. I think you're, playing, I think you're playing three beer games that I'm playing. Oh no, I'm playing uh, Soul Calibur with the Gorm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist. But it does exist for... Uh, Good Night Academy 2 had, you can just set one of the console commands is, um, suddenly the lightsaber slice people Yeah, and like, you, you will literally slice someone's arm off and flip off. Oh, that's hilariously uh, horrifying. It's, it's wonderful and everyone should play with it. I think we yeah. can wrap up. Please email us. Our email address is brodello at gmail.com. And subscribe to our Twitter because we haven't had any new followers lately and this makes me sad. And remind Lewis to make an RSS feed for iTunes because he still hasn't done that. Yeah, and, I'm a bit slow. And, um, because every time I go home, I'm like, well, I could do some programming or I could not. Yeah, that's understandable. Why didn't you do it at work? I mostly do work at work other than podcasting. Oh, 
and, and talking to people because there are 15 fucking people in my room. Yeah. And if there are people there, I'm going to talk to them. My I'm office is empty apart from me today. So if you'd like to talk to one fucking person instead of 15 fucking people, then you're welcome to come and join me. Uh, that might not be a bad idea. Julian's office is empty for, except for Julian forever, too. Anyway, goodbye, Internet. Um, we will see you at a point. Yeah, internet.